Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone, or you can connect with me on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I would love for you to be a part of our Daily Creative Habit online community found over on Facebook. It is free and it is filled with people who are creators of all types. And everyone there wants to show up more consistently so that they can produce better work and get that work out into the world. Whether it's for a hobby or for profession, we are creators and we need each other. And so this is a great community to be able to come alongside each other, encourage each other, learn from each other. And I wanna extend that to you. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com. You will see some resources there and you can click on join the Facebook group. I also wanna point out that you can sign up for the Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. It's absolutely free. No one loves to get more and more email, believe me. I'm in that camp too, but you certainly don't mind it when you get something of value. And that's what I believe that the Daily Creative Habit email newsletter is. It is valuable because I'm sharing all sorts of resources and ideas and creative prompts that can help you on your creative journey. So go to dailycreativehabit.com for that as well. And lastly, I want to invite you to grab a copy of my new book, Make Fun a Habit, And you can go to makefunahabit.com where I've set up all sorts of resources there as well. There is a fun Spotify playlist that is free. There are free coloring pages you can download as well as free Mad Lib types, uh, fill in the blank. Uh, I call them fun libs. And um, there are also some other resources there available for you as well as links to get a signed copy of the book in either paperback or hardcover. Or if you wish, you can also order it from amazon.com. Go to makefunahabit.com and grab your copy today. Hey friends. So I have a different thing happening this week for Creative Chats podcast. And if you are a longtime listener, you may have noticed that there was a little lapse And that was because of me coming down with COVID. Yes, I took my turn. And unfortunately, uh, some things got derailed and um, this podcast was one of them. But we're back on track now and I'm coming back with this episode, which is actually me being interviewed on another show. Uh, I was interviewed by Lisa Robin Young and for her show, The Creative Freedom Show. But there was a little bit of a technical glitch and some things kind of went sideways a little bit. She uses video and the video portion um, got corrupt. And so I asked for her permission to be able to use the audio that we recorded previously in the year. And um, she graciously said yes. And so uh, I do want to say thank you to Lisa for that and also encourage you to go subscribe to her show as well, the Creative Freedom Show. And uh, we're rescheduling my slot there, so stay tuned for that. But this particular episode, this is Lisa interviewing me and we're talking a lot about creative evolution and specifically how my journey and how me as a creative person, how I've evolved over time and how my daily creative habit has morphed and how my creative acts and expressions have morphed 
And um, I think that's all part of a creative person's journey. And so wherever you are, whether you're just starting out or you've been at your craft for years, um, there is natural iterations that happen and an evolution as a person for you, for your abilities, for your interests, uh, for opportunities that come and help shape things. And so um, I hope that this interview that I had with Lisa brings some inspiration for you, some uh, practical steps and encourages you to keep along your journey, to keep showing up, keep creating and follow the trail. Keep following your passions, following the opportunities and serve people around you and be the student of yourself. Because when you know yourself, when you know how to show up and what's important to you, you get clarity. And the more clarity you have, the better that you can show up in your creativity and again, serving the people around you. So um, I'm going to just get out of the way here and let you hear this interview that I had with Lisa Robin Young. And again, her show is The Creative Freedom Show. So check this out. Mike, I am so thrilled to have you here. We've known each other kind of tangentially for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, I think the first time I actually like got in your space, like in your proximity was at Tribe years, uh, 2017, yes. I think it was. It was a while ago. You were on stage um, and we've never we've never really connected. Um, but, you know, I've talked to you and I've seen you online and I've seen some of the things that you've done. And I've watched this kind of career trajectory that you've had just in that little amount of time, six years, I guess. Um, and it's really fascinating to me to see the ups and downs that you've been through, um, the the life and the body of work that you've created for yourself, the things that you've gotten to do. And I'm sure the things that we haven't heard about behind the scenes, the ups and downs and highs and lows. And I would be thrilled to have that conversation with you today to just peel back the curtain, if you will, and let our audience get a glimpse of what it's like to live the life of an artist who's becoming the celebrity in their space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. So, like, where did it all begin, Mike? <laughs> Take us back in the way back machine. Yes, the way, way back machine is me as a little kid, uh, and I am the typical artist kid who loves to draw. And I'm surrounding myself with the things that are fun and exciting, like Looney Tunes cartoons. And, and then a little bit later, some comic strip stuff like Calvin and Hobbes and, and Bloom County and Garfield and all these things, these characters that I loved. And so what I was doing was I was emulating in the early days, right? I was learning how to draw these characters. I was learning the techniques and this this practice of, and at the time, obviously, when you're a kid, you don't put it in these words. But looking back, it was a practice that I was doing where I was creating something and in this form i was creating greeting cards and i was giving it to family members and i was seeing their faces light up and something inside of me said "Ooh, i really like what's happening here because i'm creating something i'm giving it away there's an exchange that happens and they get to win because they feel seen and loved and validated and i win because i get to use something that i really love to do which is drawing and so I knew that I wanted to do as much of that as possible and be involved in that exchange where I can create and have an impact on somebody else's life. And then we both walk away feeling good. Right. So that led me to, okay, I want to do this for a career. This is something wait, that wait, I'm really wait, into, you, were, right? you were six. You were, you were like little. Yeah. 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 I was that yeah. little. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's funny is like a lot of people would, would say, well, you know, were, was it the artists of this thing that, you you know, these cartoons and these um, comic strips that you really gravitated towards and you studied their work? And also, I was like, no, I didn't really like think about the artists themselves. I thought about the characters, <laughs> I thought about the stories. Right. Those are the things that, that I got involved in. Um, you know, to this day, there are certain things that I'm like, I don't really know what they did with that. I don't know what materials they use. I didn't study like here's the tools and the techniques and whatever. It was like more like these are the characters I love. I love the stories how they made me feel and I want to do more of that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was setting the track early for me and going, I want to do this as a career. I want to leverage creativity and, um, figure out what that looks like. Right. So, so how did your family receive that? Like, obviously they're getting your cards. They're seeing your art. You're, you're maturing into a young adult and, and making the choice to, to pursue this. A lot of times, you know, parents, my parents, that's nice, sweetie, but you really need to have a fallback plan. Like, what was that like for you? Yes. So there was support in terms of like putting the work on the fridge and validating the work itself, but also coming out of a very practically minded and practically approached family. Uh, my dad was a New York City detective. And so, you know, there was a lot of you know, well, you could do that as a hobby. You could, you know, that's nice, but it's not going to put food on the table kind of thing. Um, but I was stubborn enough and <laughs> and ignorant enough when I was about the time to go like, okay, I'm going to, to either art school or I'm not going to school at all, right? I'm like, I'll show you. I'll shipwreck my life and bring shame to the family. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, right? right? But I was just so stubborn that they kind of were like, okay, I guess if this is really what you want to do, we'll support you. Um, and you'll have to just try to figure out the best you can, the way forward. We'll set you up with as much as we can in our, our in our support. And then it's up to you to, to kind of, you know, learn and grow and experience and take advantage of opportunities. So I did end up going to art school. Uh, I went to two, I went to fashion Institute of technology in New York city, and then also school of visual arts where I graduated with my bachelor's and, um, Ended up going graphic design because the middle ground, right, the happy medium of those conversations was, well, we don't want you to be the starving artist. You know, we don't really see how somebody could paint something and be like a gallery artist or even like an illustrator. It was so far removed from anybody that we knew or any like obvious proven career track that at least graphic design was something, well, you can go into advertising. We've seen people make money in that. We know that that's viable, you know, <laughs> like, and so for me, it was like, okay, well, I can, I can do that. I like music. Maybe if I can do something in entertainment and design, that will help me feel like I'm doing something that I'm really interested in and can invest in. And so that was kind of the track I went on. And then from there, when I graduated art school, it was at a time at which, you know, it, economically things were a little down and so it wasn't that easy to find something and my first job that was full-time not just freelance projects was at an advertising agency in new york city huge huge advertising agency um global brands and i was there for about a year because i felt like the the little cog in the machine and i'm like this place is crazy and i feel lost um, and so from there, I bounced around, honestly, to a bunch of different types of jobs where I was the art department and it was the complete opposite, you know, where it was like, OK, we got to be scrappy. There's really not a whole lot of budget here. 
and we need to figure out how to do things um, quickly and um, cheaply. And so having the wealth of experience of both, I'm with these global brands that have these huge budgets and these big teams and being a part of something that's much larger and then also being, hey, it's just me, um, really gave me the wealth of experience in figuring out how to leverage that creativity and do design that was in those contexts. Um, did some packaging design, did some editorial design. Um, all these different things every so often, maybe every five years or so, there would be a turnover of like either I hit a ceiling at a certain job or there were staff changes or whatever the reason was. I ended up jumping ship and going someplace else and thinking, maybe this is the role. Maybe this is the place where I can hang my hat for a while and I'll feel like settled or feel accomplished or feel something other than, well, okay, this is paying the bills and getting me some good work and stuff, but it doesn't really feel completely aligned. Right. Can you, can you pick apart that just a little bit? Um, and, and I guess what I'm, what I'm looking for here is like the, the, what was it that you were feeling? What was the hole that was there? Because so often, and I mean, I'm married to a graphic designer and I'm listening to your story and "Mm -hmm, he checks that box. He checks that box. He checks that box. And I'm like, there's this, for a lot of creatives, there's this sense of not being fully seen in a job or not being self-expressed in that kind of work. Was it that or was it something else? Was it a combination of things? Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think it was a combination of things. Um, for one, you know, I didn't really take ownership over myself and agency over my own journey. It was a lot of me going, hey, I work really hard. I'll be a great worker bee, but just tell me what to do, like direct me, guide me. And I didn't really have a sense of here's where I want to go. Here's what I want to do. Um, and yet at the same time, knowing that the work that I'm doing is all in service to somebody else and the gap that widened in there's no work that's being done that's connected to things that are personal expression or personal passions. And I didn't know that that tension was there as much as it was um, until it started to grow. And honestly, I think it really came down to like significance, um, impact, purpose. And there was a certain point where I hit a wall and I was in this magazine and great company, great people. I loved it. It was there was nothing from the outside looking in that would be like, "Mm, you know, this is going off the rails. But internally, I was like, there's a deadline every two weeks. I'm hardly getting a chance to enjoy the work I just did. And I'm moving out to something else. And I feel like there should be something more. Like, is this it? Have I arrived? Because, ooh, I don't like the way that this feels. Um, there's got so, to be more. So I'm hearing, and and I know a lot of people who echo this, it's like, I'm a hard worker. I'm really good at what I do. I can do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good doer. Yep. And so I'm going to do, and I'm not really sure where I want to go, but as I continue to do, I recognize this ain't it. Yeah. So what was the switch that flipped for you that got you to, this is where I'm going, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be? Well, you know, it, I went through another iteration of things um, because that tension just grew more and more. And what was happening is that, in the work front, I was doing these things and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm checking these boxes of like, here's the work I'm doing and I'm, I'm, I'm being creative. But then in personal life, I was very much plugged into my home church 
where I was doing things like serving people, basically. So it was very people-oriented, relationship-oriented. And that's where I felt a draw. And I felt like I could measure more of an impact over there than I could in my job. And that for me was huge because I'm like, I'm motivated by that purpose and significance, right? Making the impact. Um, and so I, through a series of events, a whole other story, a whole other lifetime, I ended up leaving design. I ended up leaving the art world and going into full-time ministry. And I was in ministry for about 10 years. And um, a lot of things happened in that world. Um, crazy things, stories for another day. But eventually, even that, led me to this place of, man, I'm getting chewed up. Um, I'm getting in a place where I'm taking on roles and responsibilities that really aren't in my gifting. I wasn't doing anything creatively. And so I'm denying this other part of myself, right? I kind of went the other way. And that started to bring me into a place of depression, high functioning. I didn't even realize it for a long time. But I knew emotionally, like, something's not right. I feel like I'm breaking down, and I feel like something's wrong, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm not a ball of twine where I can't find the edge to even start to unravel this. And that led into some deeper discussions and, and therapy and ultimately going, okay, I need to leave this uh, church that I helped plant and this other life that I had created. And uh, now what? Right. I'm chewed up from the ministry machine. I'm I'm kind of out of the design world for about 10 years. And so that moves very quickly, even with technology. And so I'm like, where does this leave me? Like, I don't really know. And it left me in a place where I ended up really hitting rock bottom um, because I felt like I was sidelined. I felt like I was broken and bruised and bleeding and no one wanted to work with me because why would you want to work with someone like that? Right. And so didn't know what my options were uh, on top of that, had to leave that career, leave that church, which was the faith community, friends, family, finances, everything all in the same yeah. bowl. And when one thing starts to unravel, it all starts to unravel, had to sell our house, had to um, just figure out what's next. And in the middle of that, my dad is diagnosed with cancer and passes away. And so I'm there in the midst of that going like, how did we get here? Like, how did this happen? This wasn't in the brochure, right? Like, and I don't know how to get out of here. Yes, because I'm, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm trying my best as far as I know how to, to try to get some healing and perspective and, and move on to some things. But I don't, I don't know what life is going to look like, you know? And again, asking that question of like, is this it? Because I don't want to go out like this. Um, and it was at that time that I ended up moving and taking a job where I was kind of in a cubicle, kind of what I say, pushing pixels, right? Because no longer in a role where I'm in leadership, no longer making decisions, but I'm, I'm, you know, a hired gun essentially to create somebody else's visions. And, um, I resisted that, but then realized I really needed that because I needed to pull the car over on the side of the road and get some healing and get some perspective. And it was during that time that I heard this voice inside me going, you need to return to your art, like your personal art, because at one time it brought you joy. And that will give you some healing. That will that will do something to you and for you. And I didn't even know, honestly, if I could even do that at that point. Um, I'm like, I have been away from this for so long. I had a 10 year break where I hadn't done any personal art, no real creative stuff. And I'm like, what does this look like? I don't even know. And so 
through some books and some um, other people around me, they kind of introduced me to this idea of a 365-day art-making journey. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. This is a whole year showing up every single day and creating something. You know, I don't know if I can go like 10 days. I don't know, you know. But I was like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to take a try because at this point, what else do I have to lose, really? So I decided that I was going to just sit down with my sketchbook and I sketched this really awful Starbucks coffee cup in about five, 10 minutes. And I looked at it and I was like, I am highly embarrassed because my capacity is not what it once was. My ability has been diminished and it felt awkward and it felt embarrassing and it felt weird. But at the same time, I knew that I had to write day one at the top of this page and make a choice in that moment and say, this is where I'm beginning. This is not my ending. And it's only going to go up from here. And cool. so that was the start of my putting it to practice, this daily creative habit. And so I started to lean into that and go like, okay, the stakes are, are really low here. Like nobody's hiring me to do this stuff. This is personal project, personal work. So what am I interested in? I don't even know anymore. Like what is the subject matter? What's the, the materials I want to use? Like start to play, start to discover and okay, I, myself, I need to I need to put a pin in it right there yeah, because yeah. this is this is the seed, right? Like this is the place where we get off the stick. It, this is the turning point, and and I don't want to gloss this over. We need to take a step back and look at rock bottom, right? Um, why why did you make the decision? I'm gonna go ahead and do this. Attempt this. 365 thing, right? Like, cause you've been seeing a therapist and we don't talk a lot about mental, the mental health journey for, for entrepreneurs or for creatives. So especially for creative entrepreneurs. Yes. And this is such, such an important place to be. And I really appreciate you being willing to go there publicly because so few people will, right? But give us an idea of the, the torment for lack of a better word, like mm -hmm. give, paint the picture of rock bottom and, and the switch that flipped for you. The, the moment when you were like, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, what the thought process was. It was like, all right, I'm going to try this thing because yeah, 365 days, maybe I'll get two days in and, and chuck the whole thing. Maybe I'll stick yeah. with it for a year. But one of the things that's, you know, part of what I talk about in, in that journey to, to becoming a celebrity in your niches you have to face those uncomfortable truths. You have to make those tough decisions and, and you have to stare fear in the face. And that's not always easy for people. And I'm sure it wasn't easy for you. So let's not gloss over that. Let's, let's pick yeah. at it a little bit and really look at the dirt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was um, extremely painful. Um, and I'm reeling from the death of my father and I'm thinking to myself, I don't really know that, I'm ever going to feel like I'm working in a situation where I'm in power again, right? Where I'm in my zone. And so I'm like, okay, I have a few options here. I could either just wither and just go away and that's it, um, which is not going to help me. It's not going to help my family. It's not going to serve anybody. Or I can try and figure this out. And I think knowing myself enough that the way I learn best is by throwing myself into something and going, let's figure this out. Like, I'm not like, Hey, hand me the manual and hand me all these facts and figures and stuff. I'm like, I, you know, that's, if it's not useful for right now, there's no application. 
it's in one ear out the other. But if I'm in a situation where I'm like, I don't know how to do this and I'm in the midst of this and we need to build this plane as we're flying, so to speak, then I'm going to get scrappy. I'm going to figure it out by starting to look at other people around me, starting to collect stories of other people and experiences and go, what did they do? What can I start to emulate? What can I learn from somebody else who's been there? And that's honestly where it started was this culmination of, you know, gathering up some podcasts and and reading some articles and hearing about stories about some other people who had been through some things, um, some creative, some not, and going, what did that look like in their context and how can I apply it to mine? And slowly doing that, doing the work of journaling every single day and therapy and like showing up and going, I'm exhausted and it's hard for me to even get out of bed and I'm not really motivated, but I know that I want to do this thing because I do believe ultimately that it can bring me some joy. And so is that, you know, dangling carrot of joy greater than me sitting in the the slump? And I decided it was because I needed something. I knew that I had to move out of that. Um, and so it was, you know, uh, reading a book, there's a there's a book that was very instrumental early on uh, called The Creative License by this guy, Danny Gregory. And in it, he talks about like drawing and how his sometimes drawing, it was a little wonky, right? Proportions were off and all these weird things. And uh, for me, early on in art, art school days, I remembered that I believed this lie that I wasn't a real artist because I couldn't draw in a photorealistic style. Um, I couldn't do proportions great out of the gate. And I struggled with a lot of those like benchmarks of what people said, this is what it's supposed to look like. So I had to confront all that stuff in the midst of this too and go like, oh, it's actually okay if I do something and it looks a little weird. And that might actually be some of my style. I, I learned that. I'm like, you know what? I'm a mess. I'm not like really precise and what, like that stuff drives me crazy now. And it's not that I can't do it. It's just that that's not who I am. I know that I'm a mess. I know that I like splatter marks in artwork and loose lines and all this kind of stuff. And so I needed to lean into that, but I needed to understand that about myself first and then start to give myself some place to start to practice that. And so um, it was small in the beginning. It was five or 10 minutes. I'm like, this is all I can muster because I'm depressed. If somebody came to me and said, well, you have to do this. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I can, you know, I mean, I'll give you what I can, but it's going to be five or 10 minutes a day and we're, you're going to have to be okay with that. And so that's how I had to talk to myself. And I say, if I sit down at Starbucks and I draw the coffee cup for in 10 minutes and it looks awful. Okay. But it's not about the product as much as it is the process of what's happening, which I, I came to understand. I didn't, again, another thing that I didn't know in the moment, but looking back, I realized, Oh, so when I strung together that whole first year, right, I did it. I, I came to the end of the year and I said, Oh, okay. There's a lot of bad work that I did a lot, right? Stuff that I wouldn't really want other people to see, but I put it on social media anyway, because it was a form of accountability and I said, I'm going on this journey and I'm going to invite you to go with me and I'm showing you what I'm doing as I'm doing it. And some of it is going to be horrible and some of it may be kind of cool and we'll see where this goes. Um, and so that was really the the driving force behind it is me going, I need to, to, to grow. I need to get out of this space. And I know that there's life and health 
that's to be found. And I just need to take action. Cool. Now, you, you said something about, you know, looking to what other people were doing. And it struck me that that's the same thing that you were doing when you were a kid was like looking at the stories and the characters and drawing inspiration from there. So then I think it's really fitting that the the impulse that you got was go back to art because that's what you did when you were young and it'll it'll bring you some joy and some healing. That's that's a really refreshing connecting of the dots for us. And one of the things that I tell my clients all the time is, you know, do what you can as you are able and, and your capacity is going to shift from one day to the next. So the stories that you're telling and 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 getting us into the dirt with you really helps people say, oh, this is how you embody that. This is what this is what it looks like for another artist. So yeah. so thank you for, for sharing that. All right. So you've started you know, you've got your year under your belt. What starts to happen for you? What's what's the next step, the evolution, the iteration? What What's coming down the pike? As yeah, you go? so I, I hit the one-year mark, and I said, okay, well, now what? Do I continue this every single day showing up creating something journey, or am I done? And I felt like I'm not done yet, and I don't really know where this is leading specifically, but I know it's doing something because I certainly feel some health returning. I feel some life returning. I feel some skill returning. Um, and I'm starting to see something happening, even though I don't really, I can't identify what that is just yet. So I'm like, let me keep the course. And so I kept on. And what ended up happening was that I would experiment with things. I would give myself small projects within the greater year. So I would say, what does seven days of doing drawings of flowers look like or 14 days of drawing pets or, you know, again, it was a place for me to explore, to be curious and to follow that and go, where does this go? What happens here? Is there interest? Do I want to do more of this? I don't know. Let's figure it out. And so the more and more I gave myself permission to show up, um, which I think is huge because a lot of people don't give themselves the permission they think they need when really it's like, I'm the one who needs to give myself permission to show up and do this. Um, and so the more I leaned into that, the more I gave myself permission, the more I explored, the more things started to happen. And some of it was people going, hey, can you do your art for me? You know, can you draw a portrait of this? Can you I want to hire you for this project or that project? Um, some of it was me exploring um, in the early days, my first book, my first self-published books, Dear Snow, One Man's Angry Rant Against Winter, because I hate winter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's my autobiography, I say. Um, it came out of this whole idea of can I do this work in the context of 30 days where I do drawings that are related to these frustrations I had around snow and honestly angry tweets. That's really where it started. But um, that all came about because it was giving me a project within a greater context of a year and it, and it let me explore it, let me figure some things out. And so I kept leaning into that, leveraging these um, opportunities, leveraging my, my creative habit for what is the work that I want to do? What do I want to explore? And maybe I'm in it for a while and maybe I just dip in and dip out and it's a bridge to something greater. Um, and so all the time learning, growing, exploring, making connections, building a network, um, getting more passionate about this stuff and going, this is really what I want to do is, is just create on this level. And so there was a tipping point at which um, the job that I was in, <clears throat> you know, I was hoping to kind of go part time and then ease into my own thing and, that never happens that way either, never right? Happens um, that way. It was downsizing and building projects and blah, blah, blah. And so I was let go. And I thought, okay, 
Well, this is my time to learn how to fly. I was pushed out of the nest. And <laughs> if, if I'm truly going to try and make a go at this, this is the time. And so even in those years, the early years of things, it was still trying to figure some things out because it was doing a lot of pet portraits, honestly, at one point. It was doing. How long some, ago was this? This was, uh, 2015, 16. Okay. Not yeah. long before I met you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was like, me going, I know that I want to create things and I want, it has to do with art, but I don't really know the context. Um, I don't know how this works. And so I'm going to just keep showing up and creating things and seeing where I can serve people with this stuff. And there certainly has been the evolution over the years of things. Uh, I was at that same event that, that you were referring to tribe event where I was live sketching and I was drawing what was happening during the event. And that, that event, somebody came to me and said, you know, this is a service, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is just something I do because I'm half introvert, half extrovert, right? <laughs> I'm sitting yeah. in a room full of people I don't know. So I'm just kind of sketching because it's keeping me occupied. Um, and people start to notice and I started to post on social media and people got excited about, oh, you drew me on stage and blah, 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 right? And so this one guy, he says to me, you know, you can put this together as a package and, and this is marketing. This is storytelling. And I was like, oh, like I needed somebody else to make those connections for me. So it, it has evolved into those things. And I still do that, you know, to this day, I love doing that as a, a form of storytelling and, and connecting and networking. Um, and it, it's, it's learning what are the things that are important to you? How can you show up and find overlap to where those things serve people? And I've certainly done my fair share and continue to, to try new things. And when you try new things, you fail a lot. You put things out there and it's like, mm, yeah, that was a swing and a miss. Uh, or I really thought people wanted this, but reality, I didn't spend the time asking if anybody wanted this before I put all that work and effort into creating this thing. And I'm learning the hard way. So there's a lot of that that has happened. Well, and I think too, um, just kind of because I'm, I'm, I'm that person. Sometimes we create because we have to create and, and mm -hmm. asking other people what they want or whether or not they'll buy it can really stifle where we're going. And so sometimes we have to learn the hard way because we've got to get it out of our system. We've got to get it out into the world. Um, and I, you, you said something earlier about significance mm -hmm. and a lot of the people that I talk to, like that's a driving force for them. I, I want to, I want to get your take on significance. Like why, why is that important to you? Why do you want to make your mark on the world? What is the, the, the value to you and the reciprocal value to the rest of the world? Yeah. So I had to really go back to thinking about when I was a kid and my experiences and go like, yeah, what is it about that that is making it such a driving force in my life? And I think it, it's the fact that I was a quiet kid and felt rather invisible. Um, I watched a lot of TV, didn't have a ton of friends, wasn't good at sports. Um, so I spent a lot of time here in my head. I created things. I imagined things. And I had this voice that was starting to develop these things I wanted to say, even though I was shy and I was often embarrassed, that I didn't feel like I had a place to show up. I didn't feel seen and heard. I didn't mm -hmm. feel like I belonged. 
right. um, earlier on. And that sense of belonging, that sense of being seen and heard is huge because I, I know what it's like to be in that place where those things aren't happening. And so now I'm, that's why I think my empathy meter is so high. Cause I'm like, I want people to be seen and heard through the work that I do. I want them to feel so validated that they choose themselves, give themselves permission and then go ahead and create the things that they are like, I don't know. Should I do this? Should I not? Like, who's going to be interested? Like, I'm like, no, just do this because you need to do it and then figure out the people who need what you do, how you do it. Um, and so making a difference in somebody's life, seeing that ripple effect happen, I think that's where there's tremendous value for me. Um, and any moment that I have to be able to connect with somebody on a deeper level, to share something. That's why, honestly, that's why I'm so willing to share my own journey, my stories, and to talk about mental health struggles and talk about all the, the, the junk that usually we want to just hide in the closet, right? Yeah. I'm talking about that stuff because I believe that I can find some redemption in that, in sharing and connecting with somebody else and going, hey, I, I it sucks that I went through this, but if I can help you by sharing and you you know, sensing, hey, I'm not alone, or I can learn something from your journey, or I can take some hope out of it, then it's further redeemed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's such a deep, uh, powerful, um, raw, honest take that we don't hear a lot, mm -hmm. right? Like, especially in in this. Instagram age where everything is polished and pretty and perfect before it goes out right. to the world. Like the there's hashtag authenticity and then there's real genuine yeah. genuineness. Right. And so I, I really appreciate the the candor there because that's what we need more of. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just a gift to, to get this from you um, for our audience. So You've been doing this art, but now you're getting on stages and you're teaching and coaching. And like, let's talk about that phase of yes. Mike 3.0. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say a little more than halfway through my journey of, of a daily creative habit showing up every single day, which, by the way, it continues to this day. Right. So like I just started my 12th year of creating something every single day in that fashion. Some of that has morphed also so that it's not necessarily always a visual art piece. But sometimes it's writing, sometimes it's it's some other creative act, but it's still this daily creation act. Um, I realized that there was a process at work that was not just helpful for me, but was helpful for other people. And I started to examine it as I stepped outside of it and said, what is it about this that's working? Why does it work for me? And what can I offer somebody else who may be looking to go on this journey also? Someone who wants to choose themselves, who wants to show up, who wants to be consistent in their creating, because right now they're just flirting with their creativity, right? When I feel like it, when the muse comes, you know, when I have a block of time that I can, you know, when I find the time, right? Like all those things. Um, and it's like, no, actually, like if you really want to see results, if you really want to see some, some deeper discovery of yourself and putting work out there that has impact because it's you in it, you need to do that deeper work. You need to do that consistent work. And the only way you're going to do that is if you show up. So I started to put some things around this in terms of a framework 
started to talk a little bit more about it, um, put together some resources like a journal that I sell. You know, it's the Daily Creative Habit journal that people can kind of do on their own and and track for 90 days. Um, and all these resources, a newsletter, and then, like you said, speaking. And speaking came because, you know, honestly, when I was in the ministry world, I was speaking. Uh, I was doing that a little more often <clears throat> and obviously in terms of more of a religious message, right? But sure. there was also this connection of me identifying places in my life, stories, illustrations that helped give context to something and then bringing a message. And as I continued on this journey, I realized that, oh, you know what? I'm not just a visual artist. Like that's what I've, the term I've put on myself, the title I put on myself, but the deeper level, I'm a communicator. And when I realized that, that gave me such tremendous freedom and blew my mind because I was like, oh, when I look back and I see all these different creative expressions, there was a season where I was really heavily involved with music. Um, and, and I have a podcast and like you said, speaking, writing, visual art, like all these different expressions, they're not in competition with each other. Right. Now they're aligned because they're all tools that I employ to use to communicate. And what I'm communicating is honestly what how I'm seeing things, how I'm showing up in the world, and I'm making connections from my own life and going, hey, this is helpful for me. And I'm thinking if this is helpful for me, I'm pretty sure it's going to be helpful for you too. I have this ability, and people have affirmed this, that I can look at something and kind of talk about something really specific and a story and an example and experience that I have, but there's this universal thread that goes through it. And it, and it gives people enough of access where they can go, okay, my situation's different. The circumstances, the details are different, but I see in there what I need to pull on and what's mine to take away. And so that's what I love really doing at this point in my life. Honestly, I want to do more of is get on more stages, be in front of more people to talk about those things, to talk about mental health and creativity, talk about choosing yourself, giving yourself permission, talk about all these experiences that I've had, bring further redemption to them and empower other people to step into the life and the work that they really honestly desire, but maybe don't yeah. even realize. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. When we can move into alignment with who we really are, right? And that's not a, a single point location, right? Like it, right. it's a, it's a moving target because we adapt and we evolve and we change and we have new learning experiences. But because we have those things and because it's a moving target, it's so easy to veer off course that coming back is like coming home, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is what it's like to be aligned and, and fully self-expressed and for people to really see us for who we really are and feel safe in that. Because a lot of people don't feel safe to be who they really are, especially with what's been going on in the world lately. So for you, Mike, then what, what's next? What's coming, right? Like what's on your horizon? What are you looking forward yeah. to? I'm looking forward to, like I said before, really more speaking opportunities that, that get me in front of more people. Um, and this isn't an ego thing. This is again, so I can be a help to more yeah. people. Um, because I really do believe that the experiences I've had can be tremendously helpful and inspiring to other people. And I, I want to see other people take action. I want to see that ripple effect. And the only way that's going to happen is if I get in more conversations, if I get in front of more people and share more opportunities, you know, to, to here's my story. 
Here's my experience. And now let me call you to something greater. Let me call you to an adventure that maybe, again, you, you're not even realizing or you're just waking up to or you put on a shelf somewhere or maybe you feel like you, you know, for whatever reason, you feel sidelined or like life is over or as you know, whatever. We have all these excuses and these lies and these things we tell ourselves. And so I think, you know, specifically it's, it's the stages and it's also creating some more resources. Um, you know, I do all coaching, as you said before, too, as well. So there are some people that I'm, you know, walking alongside with and saying, you know, Yes, your context may be completely different than mine, but here's where I think the value is. Here's where I think the wisdom is. And let's get you on this track where you're feeling like you know yourself in this. You're owning your journey and then you're able to show up differently and then you're able to serve people differently because of that journey that's happening. You know, when we talk about knowing ourselves Mm -hmm. and this whole this whole interview has been about getting to know Mike and and the threads, the universal threads, as you were talking about, that other creative entrepreneurs on the journey can really identify with. What is your perspective on the importance or lack thereof of knowing who you are as a human being, but also as a creative, as a creative entrepreneur? I think it is probably one of the most important things ever. Because if you don't know yourself, you're going to spend a lot of time, energy, and effort in places and doing things that are not aligned. And you're going to be frustrated. And you're going to have this sense of like wandering your whole life and not really being able to put your finger on why and going like, I just feel like, Everyone else around me has these breaks, but I don't. I feel like everybody else is doing great, but it's not me. Like, and I'm trying different things and I'm just not satisfied or I'm switching jobs every five years thinking that's going to be the thing that's going to plug the hole. Um, and there's deeper levels of this stuff. I mean, I'll be honest with you. This week I had something happen where I was listening to somebody else's podcast and it was, uh, really challenging around something that, I realized I had some unfinished business um, with going back 12 years ago and writing a letter to my dad and, and entering into this place of like kind of deeper therapy work. And I'm like, this came out of nowhere. I wasn't planning this. And I honestly took a whole day where I just said, you know what? I'm going off the radar because I need to deal with this. Cause if I don't deal with this, like this is dealing with some more root issue things. And if I don't address it, it's going to keep showing its head in different ways. And so I think honing the skill of being self-aware, doing the therapy work and and not giving in to whatever stigma you may think is around that. Because honestly, I think everybody should be in therapy. Um, I don't think it's this kind of thing where it's like, well, when you hit the extreme circumstances and life really goes off the rails, then you go to therapy. Uh, that's usually what happens to be the catalyst to bring people to that. But I think it's get involved now so that you can know yourself better. Why wouldn't you become a student of yourself? Because you're always with you. It's your life. <laughs> no one's going to know you as well as you can know yourself. And so the more you know yourself, the more you know how you can show up for yourself and for other people. The more you know your passions, the more you know, oh, I'm not aligned in this area of my life. And this is what's bringing me some tension. It's not all these other things that I think. These are symptoms, but it's really this thing. And if I can get to work on that and bring some alignment there, man, then look out. 
right? I mean, so I would encourage everyone to do this deeper work. And I, I understand that, like, some people may argue and go, well, I'm not wired that way. I'm more logical and analytical and whatever. And while some of that may be easier for me as more of a, you know, touchy-feely person in Enneagram 4, you know, whatever terminology you want to put around it, um, I think we all owe it to ourselves to do that work in whatever context that we need to show up in, you know, and if it's more analytical and, and diving in, doing that work and pushing ourselves in a way that um, bucks against our bias, do it because you will reap the benefits so much. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything that you thought I was going to ask or wish I had asked that didn't that you'd like to talk about? Um, I can't necessarily think of anything. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty open with all my experiences in my journey. Um, and you know, I just love connecting with people. I love having these conversations and any way that I can be of help to somebody on their own journey, I'm always in. So, um, yeah. Same, same. Mike, let us know how we can find you in the interwebs and in the world so that people who want to know more can. Yeah. So my main website is mikebrennan.me, M-E. Uh, you can go there and find kind of links out to some of my illustration work and some of the other, you know, service-based things. Uh, and also there is dailycreativehabit.com, which more specifically, someone could sign up for the newsletter that I have that I send out twice a week that has um, just some inspirational thoughts and then also some practical tools and questions for somebody on their own journey, some specific prompts that regardless of whatever it is that they may be creating, they just get the wheels turning, right? And then also people can go there to, um, you know, find uh, a freebie that I have that's a habit tracker. So for 30 days and, again, giving some prompts so that people can start jump-starting this journey of theirs if they feel like they need to get unstuck, uh, as well as find the journal and some coaching and anything else related to the daily creative habit process and journey. Awesome. Small stepping stones build tall towers, and your book, Daily Creative Habit, is a great primer for people to be able to get into and do that. So thank you so much for taking the time thank to you. be with us today. This was an absolute joy, and I'm sure that my people have gotten as much out of this as I have just having this conversation with you today. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.